Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. going to a school like elementary and so forth, you remember the times the teacher asked you, you know, be quiet. Uh, guys, remember, don't pick on the girls, and girls, don't pick on the guys, and, and you just got to sort of be calm. And they taught us that, you know, you have to be calm, don't do anything crazy. And then they would take us outside, and they would put a ball in our hand and say, knock each other's head off, right? <laughs> do, you, do anybody know what I'm talking about before I say this again? What is it called? Dodgeball, that's right. You ever played dodgeball? That's right. Dodgeball, I mean, it's like, it was like, hey, you can't do all this stuff, but when you go outside, it's on. You put a ball in your hand, it's on, right? How many of you have an injury from dodgeball? <laughs> you remember that, right? I was telling, just talking about that, one of our uh, uh, younger people in our church, they said, yeah, I hate that game because I remember getting hit in the head with a ball, you know, so. Uh, but I, I, I say that to you because dodgeball is a game to where you try not to get hit, right? I mean, it's like, you know, the person that can move out of the way the fastest or whatever, you try not to get hit. That's what it's all about. And sometimes in life, we take that principle that we learn in dodgeball, and we begin to do those issues in our family. We begin to have issues in our family, and instead of, instead of dealing with them, it's like we try to dodge it and get out of the way, hoping that the issue will go away. And I'm here to tell you today that that will never happen. And today we're going to talk about how to have peace in my home. And I want to tell you that Jesus gives a verse, and in Matthew's gospel, uh, chapter 5 and verse 9, Jesus said this. Look at what he said. He said, blessed are the what? Peacemakers. <laughs> peacemakers. No, that's not peacekeepers, it's peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Now notice he said, blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. Peacekeepers are people that, that they will do anything to keep the peace. You know, when an issue comes up, they will dodge it, they will get around it, and they will just try to make everybody feel real good when there's an issue still in the home. And, it, and, it, and they avoid it at all costs having hard conversations. It's just peace at all costs. And the problem with that is that nothing can ever be resolved. But peacemakers are this. Peacemakers are the people that actually... You know, they, they don't avoid it. They actually learn to work through it. Is that, okay, we got an issue we have to work through. And so they become the peacemakers. And so remember, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, not peacekeepers. They'll never be blessed because the issue never goes away. So today I want to teach you three things that I've learned about doing that. But before I do, I want to give you a statement today that I hope will resonate within your heart. And we'll give you the courage today to, to make a move. And I want you to think about dodgeball when we say this statement. So let's say it together. It's coming up on the screen. Ready? Come on. I will stop dodging it. Let's say it one more time. Ready? Come on. I will stop dodging it. I'll stop dodging it. Because you can never get over it. Your family can never get through it until you stop dodging it. And so we have to learn to stop dodging it. So again, three things to do uh, to be a peacemaker. And the first one is this. I want to go ahead and give you, you ready? The first thing is this, is tell the truth in love. Tell the truth in love. 
These principles that I'm going to teach you today are not my principles. They're principles that I've adopted to my life, and they're the principles out of God's Word. There's nothing like the Bible. I love the Bible because it just has a way for every issue in life to help you out. And so Ephesians 4 and 5, look what the Bible says. It says this. We will speak the truth in what? Love. Now, what's the next word? Shout it out. Growing. Growing. Notice that. When you speak the truth in love, you begin to grow. You begin to grow. Growing. Notice that he says, speak the truth in love. Growing in, in every way more and more like Christ. Now, the problem is this, is that many of us in this room, we like to speak the truth, but we don't like to do it uh, in a manner that people can understand it. Because instead of speaking the truth calmly in love, we like to yell the truth. Oh, you ever been there? Oh, no, you're not moving your hand right now. Not me, never. But yeah, many times, you see, you're, when you're yelling the truth, even though what you're saying may be true, nobody's hearing you because you're yelling. And so yelling is not telling the truth. When you're yelling the truth, you're not telling the truth. You may be saying the truth, but nobody is hearing what you have to say when you yell the truth. He says, speak the truth in love. Now, the problem is this, is that many times when we have issue, we don't tell the truth. And if you're not telling the truth, then, you know, you're telling a lie. And so I would say this for all of you that may be uh, students in the room, that, that your parents do something, and you, the first thing that you say is that, you're so annoying, right? That's what, that's what, that's what the middle schoolers say, high schoolers say, college students say to their parents. You're so annoying. And really the issue is this. The issue is not that your parents are annoying. The issue is that your parents just embarrassed you in front of your friends. So let me tell you something. You can never resolve the issue as long as you just call them a name. But if you say, Mom, Dad, you know, you embarrassed me when you did this in front of my friends. Once, once my children tell me that, then I know not to do it again. But they just say, you're just annoying. I don't know what that means. Like, oh, I'm me cool. That's what you really mean is that I am cool. That's right. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies, listen. The issue, you know, you talk about with your husband. Listen, you always leave your clothes on the floor. Well, that's not the issue. The issue is he bought a brand new motorcycle without talking to you about it. That's the real issue, right? That's right. Guys, listen, you, you know, she has dinner prepared for you. You go, oh, this is, this is horrible. The issue is not the meal on the table. The issue is that you wanted to lie with her last night, and she said, I'm tired. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> the real deal, right? You're at SEC, baby. I don't know where you thought you was at, but we talk about the real stuff. And, and so, so what I'm saying is as long as we're not telling the truth and we're not speaking the truth in love, we can never get better. If you, keep, if you keep hitting surface issues and not the truth, tell the truth, then we can never get better. So we have to speak the truth in love. Speak it in love. Remember this. I, I, I learned this the hard way. Rhonda and I have been married 10 years. And one day, I can take you right to the house we were living in uh, here in Henry County. And I remember standing in our master bedroom, and I, she had said something, and I said, oh, well, you ought to do it like this. Or you should think of it. You should do it this way. And she just looked with these, you know, uh, just like tears welled up in her eyes. And she says, Jeff, every time you do that, you make me feel little. That was the first time in 10 years that she'd ever been honest with me. The first time. 
And because of that conversation, we were able to grow. And you know what? Because I knew what I was doing wrong. I never knew before if she'd get quiet with me or she'd get secretly mad at me because she's not the one that yells or anything. You know, you find, she gets mad after you found out about three months later. You know, I was mad at you then. That's the way she used to be. But she's gotten healed from that. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now you know. And, and so, um, but I'm telling you, that was the secret of uh, our relationship beginning to go up because she started telling me the truth. And let me, let me just say it this way to you. Revealing your feelings is the beginning of healing. Until you reveal the truth about how it made you feel, you can never, ever expect people to get better. Now, let's say it. It's on the screen again. Let's say this one more time. You ready? Come on, let's say it. I will stop. I will stop dodging it. Now, so I have a next step for you. It's on your connection card, and I challenge you to this today in order that your life can start getting better. It says this. I will do my best to tell the truth in love. Will you check that box? I don't, care, I don't care if you're in elementary school or if you're in middle school, high school, college, single, married, divorced. It doesn't matter. If you're a grandparent today, you need to check that box and ask God to help you so that your family can get better. Get better. Okay, number two. This one is, is really good. Matter of fact, I almost called you at 3 o'clock this morning just to tell you this one. I didn't want to wait. Here it is. Number two is this, is give and receive forgiveness. You excited? You don't even know where I'm going yet. This is good. <laughs> give and receive forgiveness. Now, again, look what the Bible says. Colossians 3 and 13 says this. Would you read those first four words out loud with me? You ready? Come on. Bear with each other. Go back with that first word. What's the first word? What does it say? Okay, that means that you got some people you got to deal with. That means the people in your family are going to get under your skin. That's what I love about the Bible. He didn't say, well, just be kind to them, just like them. No, no, he said, bear with them. That means you got to put up with some junk. <laughs> right, that's it. Because, you know, I'm, I'm you just got to put up with some junk. And so everybody, everybody is going to have those moments, and we have to put up with it. He goes on, bear with each other, forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as how? The as the Lord forgave you. Forgive. And let me just tell you something. I love it when people, you know, when my kids do good stuff and they say, oh, they're just like your dad. Just like the, when Tyler does something like that, they say, you know, he's just like his dad. When Caitlin does something and she's, they say, oh, you're just like your dad. Now, they hate it, but I love it. <laughs> right? I mean, it's good stuff. They go, oh, no, I'm not either. I'm like, oh, yes, you are. That's that doll's gene. It's good. You know? And so I, I really like that. Let me tell you something. Every time that you forgive, you're being like your heavenly father. Every time that you forgive, you're being just like him. Guess what? When, when you forgive someone, and, and you give and receive forgiveness, the, I think Jesus just nudges the father and said, look, they're being just like you right now. I think he likes that, don't you? I think he likes that. So I would say this to you. I want to tell you about forgiveness because as soon as I start talking about forgiveness, you start thinking about an issue that you have that you can't forgive. And the reason you say you can't forgive it, you've tried to forgive it, you've prayed about it, you've asked God to take it away, and you still think about it, right? Right? Am I right about it? You still think about it. Even if it's something you've done yourself, you want to forgive yourself or you want to forgive somebody, and you just seem like you just can't get it out of your mind. Here's the reason. Listen to this very closely. Forgiving is not forgetting. Amen. 
If you could forget, you would not need to forgive. If it, the reason you got to keep forgiving is because it keeps coming up here, right? It keeps coming up. And so you have, you have to learn to keep forgiving. Now, I want to teach you something. This is what I almost called you at 3 o'clock this morning for. I want to teach you something that I've learned that I think will help you. Because those thoughts are going to come back up, right? I mean, like the things that you've done or the things that people have done to you, it's going to come back up. So, I want to teach you what I call the matador principle. The matador principle. All right. There's a picture of a uh, matador that's coming up here. See that? So you understand what I'm talking about. The bull's in the ring, and the job, the, the job of the matador is to, is, to, is to tease that bull, let the bull charge at him, but never hit him, right? And so, he has, so he's got, got his cape going, come here, you big bully. <laughs> oh, boy, you missed that one right there. You missed it. That's what, that's, what, that's what our thoughts are sometimes. They bully us, right, because they can take us down. So come here, you big bully, na-na-na-boo-boo, stick your head in poo-poo. Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, Come on, right, doing all this. And then when that bull charges, what do you do? He slides over here, and that cape, it goes right through the cape, right? You know, what would happen if that guy grabbed that bull? If he would have, and when that bull comes charging at him, and all of a sudden those big horns come in, and he just grabbed that bull by the horns, guess what? That bull would kill him. It would wound him seriously. Would you agree with that? So he doesn't try to grab the bull. He doesn't try to wrestle it to the ground. He doesn't try to do that. What does he do? He has his cape, and he lets it go right on through. What I'm trying to tell you is this, is that with your thoughts that are of, of unforgiveness or those things that have happened to you, when, they, when you say, I forgive you or I forgive myself, those thoughts are going to come back. But don't you let them bully you anymore. You don't try to grab them and you don't try to wrestle with them and say, why did they do that? Why did I do that? You don't hold on to it anymore. No, you let it go right on through. You see, just let it go. Let it, you can't stop it from coming, but you don't have to get hit by it and taken down every time. All right, do you get that? It's matador. Come on. I'm letting you go, and you let it pass right on through. Oh, that is good. Matador. I hope you never, ever, as long as you live. Listen, those of you that today that are under 20 years of age, I hope you never forget that because it's going to save you a lifetime of heartache. Stop wrestling with the bully thoughts and let it go right on through. Oh, that's good. Look at the Now, how do you forgive? The way you forgive is you ask for it, right? You can never get what you don't ask for when it comes to forgiveness. You have to ask for forgiveness. And the reason that we don't ask people for, forgive, for forgiveness is because we're afraid of their reaction, right? What are they going to say? Are they going to cuss me out? Are they going to hit me? What are they going to do? You know, we, we're afraid of that. But the Bible says we have to move beyond that. Look what he says here in James, James 5 and 16. He says, confess your sins to who? Okay, let me tell you something. Listen, he's not talking about your sins against God. You know, listen, if you have a bad thought and, and you know, you do something that only you and God know about, you just got to take care of that between you and God. But what he's talking about is when you do something that hurts somebody else. That's what you, you're sinning against them. Once you, once you do something or say something that hurts someone else and you know about it, then it's your responsibility to ask for forgiveness for that. And he says, confess your sins to one another. That means go up and say, listen, man, I'm sorry. When I said this, you know what? I realized it hurt your feelings or I heard that you're mad at me, <laughs> right? I just heard that you're mad at me. So I'm, I'm coming back right now to just make it right. 
That's what it is. He goes on to say, look, confess your sins to each other, pray for each other so that you may be what? So you see the spiritual progression. Forgiveness is spiritual. First of all, you confess it. And then notice what he said. You pray for each other, and then you are what? Healed. It doesn't happen any other way. That's how, that's how you move on, is that you confess it, you pray for each other, and then you're healed. You know, there's been times in my home that, that Ron and I, you know, have had to practice this. I hate to admit this to you. No, I don't hate to admit it to you because we're human beings like you. There's been times that we have went to bed a little angry. I know what the Bible says. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. I know what it says, and you do too. I know what it says, and I can tell you that every night when we go to bed, we pray with each other. We pray for each other. We like, you know, thank God for each other. But there are some nights that I'll just be honest with you that we've had a big one. It's okay. It's, it's very, it's not that often, but there are times that we've had one. And I'll be honest with you, the way that you know that we're upset is that if you were driving a semi-truck and you drive it right, drove it right in the middle of our bed, you wouldn't touch either one of us. <laughs> Touching you. Oh, yeah. Now, you ever been there? Oh, no, you haven't. I'm sorry. Little angels out here. <laughs> and there have been times that we've had those intense times to where, I, I, you know, I'm being transparent. And, and so I wanted to reach over and pray for but I was too mad to do it. And so, you know, I would, and, and I knew that she was too mad for me to, I was scared to touch her. <laughs> I did not know what would happen if I just said, uh, can I pray for you? I didn't know. So listen, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. <laughs> and so I would tell you this, that, that I have secretly and silently prayed for her, even though I didn't, didn't, didn't touch her, you know, and pray for her that night. And Jen Rhonda does the same thing too. And, and, but I'm t- that's how we get over stuff is that we confess it. One of us says, you know what, I'm, I was stupid. And it's usually me that says I was stupid. <laughs> I was stupid. I messed up. You know, I'm sorry. And, and she will too. And then, you know, we, we do pray together at night. I mean, I'm, I can't say that enough. Let's pray together. You know, Pastor Benny told us last week that the divorce rate uh, among Christians is not 50%. It's like the ratio. It's like 1,550 that get divorced to one person that's in the world. Why? Because he said what establishes as a Christian is people that pray together. And if you pray together, you stay together. And I want to encourage you to do that. So that's how you do it. He said, confess your sins to each other, and then you pray for each other, and then you're healed. Oh, I love healing, don't you? Oh, I love it when Rhonda and I are healed. Oh, she's so fine. I'm so glad she's mine when we healed. I like that. Okay, so let's say it again. It's coming up on the screen. Remember what we say? Here it is. Ready? I will stop dodging it. You got to stop dodging it because if you keep dodging it, you're never going to get through it. It'll always be in your home. You can't have peace. Number three, this is something that uh, I think is so huge. And I think what I'm about to tell you has a potential to reduce your stress greatly if you will listen to it. Okay, you ready? It's three words I want to tell you. Here they are. You ready? Release the guilt. Release, release the guilt. Oh, my goodness. I hope I can say this the right way. We are all stressed out because of two things. 
primarily. There's two major stressors in our life and in our culture. One is perfectionism, is that we want everything to be perfect, especially in our homes. And let me just tell you something. It's not. We have this picture of what, you know, we, we have this picture of what family should look like, what marriage should look like, what parenting should look like, what, what, even from a, from a child's perspective as to what our family should be like. And that is a perfect picture. And the problem is, especially in our day with social media, it really jacks that up. Amen. Because we see everybody going. They're taking the pictures of their best moments. I mean, you see this family, they're all, you know, they're, they're having a little night out. And they're like, oh, my family's having a great time tonight, you know. And, and what we do is we compare their best to our worst. And, and so we begin to live in this guilt because we think that that's the way they live. That's not the way they live. They just had a nice moment. Their life is just like yours, chaotic, stressed out, and messed up. And just because they took a perfect picture does not mean that their world is perfect because there's no such thing as a perfect family. We're all jacked up. I want you to know that. We're all jacked up. I don't care, how, I don't care what they look like. You know, I don't care how good they look, they're jacked up. And so what I want to tell you is this, is that what that causes, the second thing, is guilt. Is guilt. Two great stressors, perfectionism and guilt. As I begin to talk about this right now, I guarantee you that just about every person in this room has some form of guilt. You think, if, you know, if you're a student, you think, you know, if, if I could just be a better student, then my, I, I, my parents would really like me, and I should be better. Or if I didn't do this, then, then you know, and the guilt starts. As parents, you begin to think, you know, well, well, if I just made a little more money, I could give more to my kids, or I could be better to my wife if I did this, or I could be better to my husband if I did this. And we all have some form of guilt that we carry. Would you agree with that? Yes. No, would you agree with that? Yes. We all do. And so I want you to know that is not by chance. It is a spiritual issue that today we're going to deal with it. And we are going to tick the devil off. I mean, we're going to because I'm giving, I'm going to give away his primary weapon against you that keeps you stressed. The Bible says that the devil is the accuser. He constantly is making us feel guilty. Look what the Bible says here. I love this in Revelation. It says this. Now, God has shown his power as king for the one. Who is the one? The The devil who stood before our God. And what did he do? Accuse the believers day and night. That's what he did. If he stood before God and tried to accuse the believers, what do you think he does before you? Why do, why do you think it is that you feel guilty all the time? Even, even with God, you, you, even your relationship with God that, you know, like you feel like sometimes you can't do enough and, and maybe you, you messed up and you said, God, I'm sorry, you confessed the sin and you confessed that sin 10 years ago or 20 years ago or five years ago or one year ago or three months ago. Why do you still have the guilt of that? Because the devil is the accuser. And he knows that if he can keep you feeling guilty, he can keep you held down. You will never go higher than your guilt level. 
And if he can keep you down here, and every time you start to get up and you start to feel good about yourself, he reminds you of all the things of your past and, and how you're such a sorry parent and you're a, you're a sorry child, you're, you're a sorry student, and you ought to be a better employer and you ought to be a better employee and you ought to be better at this. And, and that you know what we do? Then that's when we go to hitting the bottle, right? Because the reason that there's a lot of alcoholics is not the issue is not alcohol. The issue is that they're crying to kill the guilt. The reason there's a lot of, of drug addicts in our community and our culture is why? It's, it's not because of the drug and not because they want it. It's called the guilt eating them up. They got to kill it. The reason that we have workaholics in our community and people work 80 hours a week is because of the guilt. The reason that we have so much depression in our culture today is because of the guilt. It's the guilt. <laughs> the guilt is killing us. The reason that people are so angry today is not because they're angry people. It's because of the guilt. I'm telling you, the large portion of our problems in our culture today is the guilt and is spiritually motivated by the enemy of our soul. He's the accuser of the brother. That's why Jesus came. Look at Jesus said this. And, and look, and let, me, let me give you a picture of the devil. Look at it. This. this picture is coming up. You see that picture? Every time you start to get guilty, I want you to think of this or one worse. Now, I found some hideous pictures to bring to you, but we knew that we would have some young folks with us today, and I didn't want them up in your bed tonight. So you're welcome. You are very welcome. That's why we got this, all right? But I want you to picture that because every time you start feeling the guilt, I hope you picture this because to know that it, it's not you and it's not God, it's coming from him. And that's why Jesus said this. In 1 John 1 and 9, Jesus said this. Look what he said. He said, but if we confess our sins to God, he can always, notice this, he can always be trusted to forgive us and what? Listen, when Jesus saves you, he saves you from your past. That means he forgave you for every sin that you've done to that moment and that part back. And even when you do sin, after you become a Christ follower, and you say, God, I'm sorry, Jesus, please forgive me, that means that he takes away that sin from God Almighty himself, and God never remembers it again. Just because you can't forget it does not mean that God can't. That means that God can never forget, never remember it. And what God would have me tell you is this. He said, would you please stop reminding him of things he's already forgotten about? Amen? Watch this. So today, see, if you're not a Christ follower, you're still carrying your sins. And it feels bad. You can never, ever move beyond that. That's why you, you'll never get out of the load. And that's why we encourage you to become a Christ follower. When you ask Jesus to come in your life, he carries your sins. And he carries your sins to the cross and forgives them. And so today, if you're not a Christ follower, don't you, listen, don't leave another day living with your sins. Ask Jesus Christ to save you. There's a prayer inside of our program right here to help lead you in that so that you can pray that prayer and be forgiven. And when you do it, the only thing we ask you is to check this box on the back of the connection card so that I'm praying a prayer to become a Christ follower. Now, I want to show you this next verse. Look at this next verse with me. 1 Corinthians 18 says this, 1 and 18. And he who? Jesus. And he, Jesus, guarantees... Dear God, I like that, don't you? Don't you like a guarantee? If I buy this car, you going to guarantee it? 
Well, I don't know, you know, I don't know. No, no, Jesus said, I'm going to guarantee it. I'm going to guarantee. And he, Jesus, guarantees right up to the end that you will be counted free from all what? Sin and I love these uh, sin and guilt. Sin and guilt. Not just sin, but guilt. Sin and guilt. On that day when he returns. Now, let me just say this to you. I want to help you. You see, many of you sitting here today, you feel this guilt because of things that's happened in your past. It's happened to you or you've made mistakes. And what he tries to do, what the devil tries to do is tell you that you made that mistake a long time ago or a while ago. And, and you only knew what you knew then. And what he tries to do is get you compared to what your life was like then to what it's like now. So you know better now. You've grown. You know better. And you've learned more. You know better. You know. And when you look back at that sin, all of a sudden the devil tells you, well, you know better. You should have not done that. You know better. So he gets you to compare your wisdom now to where your wisdom was then. Listen, you was high. Hello. You was messed up. You was high on a relationship. You was high on drugs. You was high on emotion. You was messed up. You didn't know what you were doing. And if you had to do it all over again today, knowing what you knew then, you'd do the same thing all over again. But now you have Jesus Christ inside of you. You've gotten a little bit wiser. And now you know something a little different. So you never do it now. But back then, you only knew what you knew. You cannot keep holding yourself accountable for something that you did a long, a long time ago that you didn't know any better. You can't do better or be better until you know better. And thank God you've got some know better in you right now. Right? You cannot judge your past by today's wisdom. And that's what the devil does is tell you, you know, oh, he makes you look back and you look so stupid when you look back. But back then you did the best that you could do in the, in the circumstances that you was in. You did the best. And now, now you know better. So I'm telling you, this is what I want you to know. Jesus said in John 8 and 36, it says this, if, so if the Son sets you free, you are what? Free. Now that song that we just sang earlier said this, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. That means truly free. I want you to see this picture of Jesus coming up. You see this picture of Jesus? The next time that you get so overwhelmed with guilt and you start feeling guilty, I want you to picture Jesus coming to you and saying, hey, you're my child. You're free. I set you free. You're no, long, you're no longer who you used to be. And you, you keep beating yourself up over and over again. You say, I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good dad. I'm not a good, I'm not a good child. I'm not a good student. I, and you just you beat yourself up over and over. And that. I want you to picture Jesus coming to you. Now, here's the second thing I want you to picture Jesus doing. I want you to picture him stepping around you and looking that devil that we just showed a picture of that brings guilt all the time and tell, I want you to look at him. I want you to picture Jesus stepping around you and saying, shut up, you liar. I've had enough of you. You shut your mouth. This is my child. No longer will you be held captive to that, to that pressure and that stress, uh, 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 that, that stress that the enemy tried to bring of guilt. No longer. 
It's his primary tool. And today we're going to pray, and you're going to leave it here. And every time that that guilt starts coming back up, you're going to remind him of this day. No, I left it right there, right there, right there. God's got it. You ready? Let's pray. Father, right now in the name of your son, Jesus, we are here. Lord, I'm standing here too with these people right down here in front. And God, I'm telling you that I will, ne- I will no more be tormented by the stress of guilt. And God, these people are standing here as well saying, God, that they will no longer be, be a victim to, but they will be a victor over. Lord, the enemy that tries to tell us, accuse us, lie to us, and make us feel guilty over and over again. So right now, who the Son sets free is free indeed. So we declare we are free in the name of Jesus Christ. We're free. Come on. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.